If you would look at Philippians chapter 3 and verses 12 to 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you. This morning you are here and you desire to meet us. Not just as individuals, but to meet us together. As one, as you created us. Move. In this time, move us. To move out. To move forward. Lord, as always, I pray that you would help me. Not only to speak your words, but I know and I've even heard testimony. Of how you are able to speak beyond anything I say. Directly. You able to come through, Holy Spirit, and meet each one where they're at. There are way too many here this morning to be able to get all the exact words. And yet you, Holy Spirit, can come down and move in a powerful way. We pray that you do that just as you unify us together as one. Move and work. We commit this time into your hands. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, as we look at Philippians chapter 3, it talks about the need to press forward towards the goal. I mean, that's the big thing, press forward towards the goal. But that's not just something that we do on our own. And so many times we read the Bible just through personal eyes, just through our individualized Western mindset. We're to press forward, not just by myself, we press forward together with others. That's the way God made us. In fact, that's the why God made us, to do it together. That's the theme of the month. You see the, the Legos here and that we're better together. As each part of the whole body works together, pressing forward to the goal that God has called us to. God's goal for OCCA cannot be reached with just the pastor pressing forward. If that's what's happening, then I'm just going on a walk. Right? If it's just the pastor pressing forward and we're not doing it together, then um, it's just a nice walk. Well, I don't even know if it's a nice walk. Together is what it takes. I can't do it alone. No one can do it alone. We need to do it together and make a decision that we do not want to leave a hand behind, but rather that we want to get ready, that everybody on the bus forget what is behind, strain Press on forward to what is ahead. How do we do that? In some ways, it has to do with what we began talking about last year at last year's annual meeting, uh, at least annual meeting time. And it gave kind of the annual report about pressing on in three different areas. And so in this year's, quote, annual meeting, as we begin here, in a sense, in the pastor's report this morning right here, I want to share not only a little of where we've been, but where we're going and the need for us to pr keep pressing upward, inward and outward in the areas that God has called us to. 
The message this morning will be based off of the annual report, which many of you received. If you don't get email or it didn't happen through, there are some uh, uh, paper copies just in the inf- on the information table uh, center right there that you can get, as well as budgets that are there. But there are, are reports there, and I'm going to cover part of the report. In a sense, part of I'm just covering part of the report this morning, and in a couple of weeks, there'll be the last part that we'll kind of focus in on right before missions conference. But as well, there's only part of the details that will be shared, some of which you're just going to have to read to get, uh, as I believe God wants to add some uh, and expand in some other areas beyond what is in the actual written report. So let's just kind of, as we think about a message report at the same time, begin with number one, and that is that um, what we need to do has to do with uh, recognizing not just that we're better together, but that we need to press upward together. Pressing upward, drawing closer to God. Uh, That was part of the emphasis, if you remember, at the last part of... Uh, 2018, our calendar year, the calendar year does not correspond with our ministry year, if you notice, as we have it right here. So the last part of the 2018 calendar year, this ministry year, we finished up seeking to press into the presence of God closer than we've ever been before. To seek His face, not merely His hands. And while for the most part, as we discussed that it was an individual venture, we need to recognize that it needs to be done together with one another, the whole body. We need to understand that we are better together in every area. So God created us to be one, one body. He created us to be better together in every area, which includes pressing upward, pressing into his presence. Think about if each of us on our own throughout the week are really pressing closer to God and and we are not cold or lukewarm in our faith as we're pressing in closer to him, but rather we are hot, white hot for God, then when we gather together, we'll raise the temperature. As those who are really hot for God get together, that temperature raises even beyond that to the point that revival fires can be lit in times like that and spread not only through our congregation but spread throughout this area and beyond what's your temperature when you come in here what's your temperature so to speak on sunday morning i mean the fact is if you got too many frozen ice cubes in your coffee to make to cool it down, eventually you get too many frozen ice cubes, it makes it undrinkable. Now I know some of you are thinking, oh, pff, you never put ice cubes in coffee. Then I gotta water it down. Hey, humor a guy who does not drink coffee and is not going to. How's that gonna happen? I think you get the illustration is you just it comes to the point where it's just not drinkable, it's not good. Can you imagine if At different levels, when we gathered together, we came together red hot or or blue hot or white hot. And even if there's those who have had a bad bad week, a few where uh, 
rain has come on your parade and cooled off some, if the majority of us are truly pressing in as individuals, then when we press upward together, upward together with the Holy Spirit, seeking the Lord Jesus, not just our Savior, but our Sanctifier, our Healer, and our coming King, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no limit of what can happen together in his presence. This same thing has happened in the past as he's done in the past. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2 says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. We want to see God do that again, but we got to see it together and we've got to be ready together raise the temperature together life to see god move in revival fires in our lives to press upward together is to grab a hold at the very core of our being with the second core value that states this that prayer is the primary work of the people of god god word seems to indicate that we are better together in this Where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. Now, we know he's everywhere, but why would he just single that out when when you're in your prayer closet, there I'm in your midst? Now, we know he's there because he's everywhere, but he specifically says where two or three are gathered. Because we're better together, which is something that we need to do to recognize this. When you look at some of the mighty things that took place, not just in the word, but throughout history, almost all of them can be traced back to a few or even more than a few who gathered together hand in hand and came before the throne in faithful, faith-filled prayer were challenged, even commanded in the Word of God in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us that God may open a door for our message that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. You know what? I believe that God wants to do great things in and through us as a church together. And please understand, when I say great things, what I really mean is greater things. The words of Jesus, you will do even greater things than these. The words of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. I believe that God wants to do something beyond, as it says in that verse, immeasurably more than all we not just can ask, but all that we can imagine. Which means it's never happened before. Not just in your life, but in the life of this church. Which means we can't just walk out there and do it. Unless first we march together in here on our knees. I don't mean just literally in here, but when we are together praying truly seeking because then we will be better together in meeting the needs when we've been on our knees you know one of the phrases long ago in this area that was used uh, that i've heard was this and i've read and as we've gone to some of the historical things is this was the valley that changed the world 
I've also been here long enough to recognize that it seems that is just one of the statements of the past. And it's never getting any better. It's like it was big and now we've just kind of gone down. And we had the oil companies here for a little bit and now it's just even gone down even farther. And it just kind of a, that's what was. And like we are, this area is just a what was instead of what will be. You imagine, you think about this. So focus on the past without recognizing the new thing that God wants to do. That's the verse that we talked about earlier this summer, Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Why can't God do something even greater? By making this area once again a valley that changed the world, not because of that kind of oil, but a different oil, an oil of the Holy Spirit that is poured out as God moves in His people all across this valley and let it begin in us. Oh, you know, you had me until you said let it begin in us. Because I believe God can do that. I want to believe that God can, but when we start about why? Greater things. Why can He not do beyond what we can imagine? You can't imagine that happening? Great! God just said in Ephesians 3.20, He's going to do what you can't imagine. So we're on the same page. Think about this. To see God move, not purely in something spiritual, but like Jesus when he walked this earth, who ministered and worked and involved the whole person, our whole community being wholly changed. We would be a part of that. And obviously for that to happen, first there needs to be praying for God's work, for God's church here. And I'm not sure... And I could be wrong, not what I've heard so far, but I'm not sure that we can genuinely say that most of us are praying for God's work here in this church beyond to bless the pastor and bless the church kind of prayers. We've got to be specific. We say we have not, Jesus says, obviously James says, we have not because we ask not. Now sometimes we ask not, because we know not. We don't know what to pray for. I mean, I think we could probably think about it, but that's one of the areas. If we're going to press upward, then we've got to get the word out more about what we need to be praying together as a church about. And so in your bulletin each week, you see two families that you should be praying for. I hope that you are. We're praying for them on Wednesday nights as we gather together. If you have requests, you see your names there, let me know. I try to try to get a hold of people. Um, but as well with those names, we want to put a ministry, an activity, something that's going on so that we would be praying for that. And hopefully we'll get specific requests for those because it's not going to happen unless we pray. 
or, or what happens won't happen in exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or imagine unless we pray. It'll only happen about what these people can handle and do. And the world is thrilled with looking at the church showing what man can do. It's time to show what God can do. And that's not going to happen by us. It happens through Him. And our responsibility is to pray, to recognize that. We want to press on. I want to press forward. But we must press in and up to the point that we fully realize and then rely on the power of God alone to accomplish the good, perfect, and pleasing will that is His, that He wants to do in and through us. I'm not sure that we fully understand the depth of prayer that is needed because I'm not sure that we fully comprehend the great height of the prayer that we are asking for. I don't know if you're with me in this, but I want you to just think about this, that we're not fully understanding the depth of the amount of prayer, not just the amount, but the kind of prayer that needs to take place. That we're not getting the depth because I don't know that we're really grasping the height to which we really should be praying. How high? And in saying this, I'm saying that it means, well, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit and pray. But to recognize that prayer is not a tag, not an add-on. Prayer is the primary work. And so as our passion heats up, may our patience keep us from rushing ahead of God to actually hear and then believe the incredible things that, quite frankly, some are not ready to hear or receive. With that goal in mind, we plan a special weekend conference coming up October 19th and 20th. 19th and 20th, focusing on pressing upward in prayer called Encountering the Upper Room. Pastor Jim Eaton, who's been here before, had a good ministry with us, is going to come back and to lead this uh, time that will not just be academic, but have opportunities to press upward. It it will include times of uh, instruction, interaction, and intercession. Uh, much like the Christian Mission Alliance International College of Prayer uh, modules are run, Jim is, uh, Pastor Jim has run a number of those or been a part of a number of those in our area of the country here. Um, you know, God wants to move. He's waiting to. And it can't be Okay, let's go. Follow me, God. Bless me, God. There is more that he wants to do, even more than he can share with us because we're just not ready to hear it. God has done great things, even in this area of the country, uh, this area uh, kind of around Pittsburgh area and, and spread upward to our area and even beyond there was a man uh, long ago called E.D. Whiteside. I'll watch a, a video of here of, of that 
work that in many ways was about, at the core, was about prayer being the primary work of God's people. Hello again. If you're anything like me, you learn a lot from other people. That's why telling you the stories of these great men and women of faith is so meaningful to me. Are you ready to meet another real-life hero? His name was E.D. Whiteside, and he was the founding pastor of Allegheny Center, a thriving church on the north side of the great city of Pittsburgh. He was truly a remarkable man. He was an amazing evangelist who started his pastoral work by running a rescue mission in his adopted city and who never tired of scouring the grimiest streets and jails of the Steel City in search of one more man or woman who needed a savior. He was an incredible pastor to hundreds of people who he taught to love and to live like Jesus. Scores of those people actually came to live with Daddy Whiteside and his incredible wife Annie. They actually became his family. He was a strategist, an apostle to that part of Pennsylvania where he lived. He trained and deployed a small army of men and women to blanket the whole region with New Alliance branches. Even today, there are more CMA churches in western Pennsylvania than in any other area of our country, and many of these can trace their origins directly back to Daddy Whiteside or one of his disciples. But the thing that he was most known for is reflected in the nickname by which he came to be known. They called him the Praying Man of Pittsburgh. The stories about the power and vitality of this man's prayer are legion. His characteristic response whenever anyone came to him with a problem was, well now, let's take that to the Father. Let me tell you just one story about his prayer life. At one point in his ministry, Whiteside and his wife purchased a home in a strategic area. The idea was that they would live in the home but build an addition off the front of the house to serve as a chapel for a new church. The plans for the addition were drawn and the architect was paid $100. But a neighbor objected, saying that the new addition would block the view from his home. Characteristically, Whiteside took the problem to the father. As he prayed on his knees in an upstairs room, he felt God telling him to go downstairs. He went down the stairs. Then God said, go outside. He went outside, turn left, walk down this street. Whiteside walked for several blocks. Then he felt the voice within him say, turn here. He did and was confronted with a newly constructed meeting hall and a sign that said for rent. And for $60 a month, God provided a place for the new church to begin. E.D. Whiteside understood and lived core value number two, which says prayer is the primary work of the people of God. Let me introduce you to Fred Hartley. Just like Whiteside, that early Alliance pioneer, Fred understands the importance and the power of prayer. As of what God did through Edie Whiteside, and we recognize praying is that importance, and we say, well, it's just one man. You can't spread to have more churches than any other place by yourself. It is something that's done together. As people went out together, let's press upward together, number one. And to move forward, let's recognize that we need to press as well inward together. 
you know, pressing inward has to do with connecting one to another. Uh, what takes place within God's family here, uh, the body of Christ working together to show the world that we are better together because of Jesus. Not because we are better, but because we are better together because of Jesus. You know, one of the last instructions that Jesus gave us before he was betrayed that night is in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. And he says this, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, it may be that there's someone here just saying, thinking, they're not saying it, but you're thinking it. Yeah, 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 I've heard that verse before. You've even mentioned that verse before. Come on, give me something new. Sure, as soon as you start doing that. So we start living the basics of the Christian life. We've heard it. But the fact is, as far as the word of God is concerned, and you look at the word even into the Hebrew word, you have not heard it until you have obeyed it. Very clearly, we've not heard anything until we've actually obeyed and do it. To focus on this as we think through this year. This is not about, this is about who we are to be. His disciples that love one another. Showing that we really are better together. They have a love that cares for one another. Serves one another, encourages one another. And we could go on and on with the one another's in the New Testament that we're supposed to do. Taking the initiative to be our brother and sister's keeper. To be responsible for one another. Not waiting for some formal program of the church to come and help somebody. But rather recognizing you. We are the church. And we see the need and we should meet it with love. And note that we are better together. We actually have to be together. To be better together, we actually have to be together. And many remember that we talked at the very beginning of this calendar year of how too often we can end up building walls that separate us from our brothers and sisters in Christ because of unforgiveness and bitterness and not seeking a restoration of relationships. But the good news is that God in His amazing power moved and I believe it what seems like, at least I shall say that, seems like a, very, a majority of our church. At the beginning of this year, walls began to come down. Many experienced freedom and began that they had not known before. Many experienced a transformation in a place that they had not lived out before in the love of Jesus that they had not not just had or felt, but shown before to other people that now they are showing it to. This was, this was a big thing. And this is one of those things that sometimes we don't talk about a whole lot. Because, you know, that's your personal life and some have shared with me, but it's still happening now, even hearing people share from way back then of some amazing thing that God did and, and how they... In radical obedience, stepping out, doing what God wants done regarding these walls, forgiveness, whether it's giving it or asking for it. 
we need to make sure as we think about that to press forward to our tomorrow that we take care of our yesterday. Reminding ourselves that it ended last night, that everything in the past, not just with our own lives, but at everything, including within this church life, is in the past. What does it say that we are supposed to do in the verse in Philippians chapter 3? Forgetting what is behind, straining, pressing on forward to what is ahead. We cannot turn the page to the new that God wants to do as long as we don't let go of the last chapter. We need to be pressing forward together. Let's make that decision. You know, I'm excited about some amazing life-altering transformations that have been taking place in many lives here. Uh, And this is not just kind of words at an annual meeting kind of thing, that what took place in people regarding this forgiveness and walls coming down, that was nothing short of miraculous in what was going on. Don't always see that happening. What's taking place in some lives, yes, that happens, but there are many who have been touched, who are not the same they were a year ago, who are not the same they were 10 years ago, even 30 years ago. Changing, not just in their obedience to Christ, but changing in their very character and their personality even. And it's happening. God is moving. God is moving. He's moving in in so many. And as we press inward together, that helps to encourage one another, to challenge one another, to change one another through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, to see the examples of of this kind of life change around us and for us to tell one another, to talk to one another, to show this is possible, this is happening, that God is moving. And we've seen that. We saw that at uh, the baptismal service. In fact, we have a, a kind of a short... Uh, recap or a montage of this this Baptist to remind us of those who were there, remind us of those testimonies that took place. I don't want to hear anymore. Teach me to listen. I don't want to see anymore. Give me a vision that you could move this heart. To be set apart I don't need to recognize The man in the mirror Cause I don't want to trade your plans For something familiar I can't waste a day Cause I can't stay the same I want to be different I want to be changed Till all of me is gone And all that remains Is a fire so bright The whole world can see That there's something different So come and be different In me I don't want to spend my life Stuck in a pattern Bye. 
in so many other lives. This is what reaching inward is about being different. Together, uh, it, it works. We're better together in this. Having to, and, uh, and to say that to be better together, we have to actually be together. Not just on the same page, but actually in the same place. And I, I know some even of those who were baptized, there was one who... Uh, you know, part of the testimony, a part of the change had to do with the small group that they were a part of. It made a big difference to make the difference. We've got to be like these Legos, you know, you can just to connect. I can't have a Lego here and a Lego two miles from here. It'll be put together. Ephesians 4 talks to us about or read that a, l- a little bit later here but most of the time it, it's going to take more than just a brief chat before a service with somebody in here for that to happen to take fellowship opportunities that are made available to make opportunities to give a phone call to visit to get together with one another and one of the greatest ways to make a big difference is to press inward through small groups and there are a variety of different kinds of small groups that are happening here but maybe not maybe but one of the greatest Ways to press inward together to bring about greatest change, especially happens in life groups. This gives us a chance to actually be in a smaller group where we can better uh, live out being better together, support, encourage one another on the journey. Uh, it's God made it to help one another as the things we're going through. We are better together for a lot of reasons. And part of it is, you know, out there separate in that world, there are some things trying to take you down or swallow you down in that case. And what's going on? It can happen through life groups as we serve, as we do this. And understand that life groups are more than just doing life together. It's about doing life together so that we can grow and become more like Jesus. That's the point. 
There are already groups that are open and ready if you, for you to be a part of, and, uh, and you can be a part of that. It may be that, that you just feel like, uh, have a sense that God just wants you to start a life group, you, and maybe there's another couple, and we start from there and just go to start our life groups beginning. And I know some of you have thought about it. Some of you have thought, oh, I should do that. I should do What are you waiting on? We're better together. Join. Join up with others. It may be that you're even hanging out with a number and you just say, you know what? We need to do something more than just kind of informally. But to make a commitment one to another, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do life together and grow like Jesus. So if that's something you're interested in, and I hope that you will be, uh, you can begin by talking to myself or talking to the adult coordinator, Scott Gates, or others who are involved in them. Uh, please feel free to do that. Uh, don't keep putting it off. Press inward. This is for us to move forward in this year, forward in faith. We've got to press inward together. Finally, uh, we need to press outward together. It's actually finally impartially, so to speak. Pressing outward is about reaching out to the unsaved, the unchurched, in an effort to connect them to God. Pressing outward is about making an impact together that will leave a footprint bigger than we ever would have individually as we show the reality of the kingdom of God and bring freedom, healing, and life to all. This deals with our number one core value. The lost people matter to God and he wants them found. As it says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. That's why we're still here. It's a huge task. It's of huge importance. How we could possibly think that we could do it just by ourselves doesn't make any sense. We're better together in accomplishing this huge task of huge importance. In a couple of weeks, we're going to look deeper into this uh, reaching across the street and across the sea. This morning, the part you just want to focus on is talking about next week and friend day, the opportunity we have. Uh, and, and with that, there's ways to be involved. If you haven't signed up, on, there's a sign-up sheet out there. You've, some of you who are on our email got the email there's still need for food. There's still need for people to help in different areas. Lee Swagger is helping to kind of set up. He needs guys and others to help out. Lee's over here. Uh, help out with that uh, as well. Just even uh, someone that's willing to kind of take charge of the food. We got all the food coming. But I suddenly realized and, and I, we tried to find out that uh, the church is going to get hamburgers and hot dogs. But I realized you know, I don't have a clue how much to do. You know, when I make something, I put it in the microwave and it's, you know, it's me. It's, it's just me. Or I put it on the grill, you know, and I'm not really thinking of these kind of numbers. So if somebody's good at that, would like to uh, kind of give us some direction, help to give direction in that. We'd love that. But there's many things that, that can be done. You know, we have opportunities as a church to build bridges, to connect God to others. And, and some of those different ways happened uh, in a number of different ways. But one is by inviting them to a service. Many of you have, you know, not just Christmas and Easter, but other times. And there's, we've seen a lot of guests come in and many come, become a part 
of this congregation and feel like this is their family. Even in the last year and a half, there's so many uh, that we've seen and we're excited about that. It's it's a good way to do it. And one of the easiest ways for us to reach or for us, in a sense, to press outward is by reaching those who have already come inward as they come in and service. It, 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 this is like easy. You know, it's not just going out. It's like they've come to us. They're here. And and for us to be able to reach out to those outside our church who have come in. Uh, yes, we have greeters. And yes, we have a welcome team. And yes, we still need those to be a part of that, including a, a variety of old and young, male and female, to be a part of this pre-evangelism ministry that takes place. Is are welcome. This is not just something, hey, we've got to do it because that's a program we're doing because we are. Uh, it's all a part of that pre-evangelism. But those people who are a welcome team or greeters are a part of the front line and they only have like a couple minutes with somebody. But the reality is that the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes for guests are what the deciding factor is. Not only on the church, but the deciding factor of Christ. You know, you get, well, we got a greeter. Yeah, well, he talked to him for how long? It was friendly, it was a good welcome. Then what happens? Way after the contact with that, we need to be making connections as they come into the worship center before and after the service, to go beyond just a nice smile and a hello, to engage them in a conversation. Most people are, are not, you know, in, say, are, are you here with someone? If they're not here with someone, to invite them to sit with you or with them. What people are looking for is not just a, a friendly restaurant atmosphere. Welcome to whatever, you know, and... We're glad you're here, you know, and you treat them nice and give them friendly. Some of you know what I'm talking about, you know, and I think that sometimes we think, well, that's what we're trying to do. No, that's not what people are looking for when they come into church. Maybe when they go to one of these restaurants, they are. They come to church, they're not looking for some friendly restaurant atmosphere. They're looking for a friend at home kind of atmosphere. A friend at home, not just to be friendly, be friends. Let us love all who God loves, especially those who come through our doors. With all this, it's important to take that next step, that connections ministry. So are we ready with that one that we weren't sure we're ready for? All right. Let me give it a try. Just give you an example of somebody who has a story about doing exactly what we're talking about here. Back in 2016, I received an invitation to my 20-year high school reunion. Immediately, two things went through my mind. Number one, am I really that old? And number two, how much is this gonna cost? Which just confirmed my first thought. In high school, I was kind of a nobody. I mean, I had a few friends and my mom was a big fan, but I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to be popular. I wanted all the girls to like me. The problem is, is that, well, I looked like this. I didn't have nice clothes. I drove my mom's minivan. Like, I was a disaster. The only girl that I had any kind of relationship with was little Debbie. And my God, what a tour affair we had. And that, of course, led to the husky years, which just compounded everything. But like, I, no matter what I did, I, I always felt like I was invisible. Like, no matter what I tried, I was always on the outside looking in. 
So there I was, sheepishly walking into my reunion, not knowing what to do. So I just like grabbed some water and kind of moved off to the side of the room. And then I'm just kind of watching people. Like how weird and creepy is that? I see all the beautiful people across the room laughing and reminiscing, having a wonderful time. And I don't have anybody to talk to. And in an instant, I feel all of the old inadequacies just flooding back in. My insecurities are screaming at me like, you don't belong here. Why would you even come? No one remembers you. So right when I'm about to leave, just realizing this whole thing has been a terrible mistake, this girl, Katie, who I flunked chemistry class with, comes up to me and she says, hey, why don't you come sit at our table? And I said, sure. And it was amazing. Like I had a wonderful night. Like I, I couldn't believe it. It made all the difference in the world. Just having someone see me and accept me. Katie made me feel like I belonged. And all this made me think about church. Like I grew up in church. I'm very comfortable in church, but so many people don't feel that way. They walk in and they see all the perfect people laughing and having a wonderful time. And they feel like I did. Like they don't belong. And we can say Jesus loves you and you're welcome here. But maybe they need what I need. And someone to come across the room and say, hey, why don't you come sit with me? God is sending people across our path. And they're not looking for just another church to attend. They're not looking for another program. They're looking for a place to belong. They're looking for a Katie. I don't know that that can be much clearer as what our responsibility and what we need to do as we think through next week. Are you ready to press forward together? To do that, that means we got to press upward, we got to press inward, and we got to press outward together. Christianity is not an individual sport in a sense; it's a it's a team sport, and we're trying to win for Him. And we can. I'm excited about what God has been doing in OCCA, but I know that it's only scratched the surface of what he can and will do. As we press forward together.